and welcome to the Glacially Musical Podcast. It is beer, metal, and swearing. Thank you for joining us this week for Def Leppard number three, Pyromania. The biggest, most badass hit they've had yet. Till next week. Of course, I am Nick Cameron, also of Glacial, well, of Glacial Musical. I'm joined by my good friend, my co-host, my corn-loving Sharknado. Keepy Chakas. How are we doing today, buddy? Sharknado. I, um, I did not prepare at all. I completely um, forgot to prepare. Corn loving Sharknado. All right. I'm good. How are you, my friend? Tired. It is a busy week. We are gearing up for a yard sale on Saturday. Uh, we've been gearing up for this yard sale for quite some time. And oh, Jesus H. Christ. So here's how we do this if you are new. We greet, we do a beer check, we do a vinyl check, news of the day, meat of the episode. So we have a drink, we get an appetizer, we have a salad, then we do the main course. Main course this week, again, Def Leppard, Pyromania. And for me, Pyromania is where I got on board. So get ready to hear some eight-year-old Nick talking his talks. Today, new beer for the podcast. I have a Great Lakes Brewing, Edmund Fitzgerald Porter. If you are familiar with Great Lakes Brewing, they only distribute around the Great Lakes. If you are familiar with American geography, St. Louis is not anywhere near a Great Lake. One of my coworkers from Chicago was kind enough to bring me a six pack of it today. So, is that a good pop? It's a very good pop. Oh, nice. I got uh, two glasses because my other beer is not a porter. Oh, that's dark. It's a bit of a heavy porter as well. This is a 6% porter. A porter is typically a working man's beer at about 35 to 4.5% in the old country. Fascinating, Captain. I have no beer and a beer revelation to share. So I have no beer tonight. I hope that uh, that's bad enough. But then I'm going to put myself in fully bad odor with our audience i have two seltzers but no beer and i'm thinking of doing a dry june so you might you might be shouldering the beer load in june i can drink more i'm contemplating not drinking it all in june no reason why just uh just contemplating a dry month um i am technically starting a new diet where i'm not supposed to have any beer but i think i'm gonna just eschew the beer this week and have one next week so no beer today I understand. Polar seltzer, though. I might get this polar bear tattooed on me someday. It's definitely crossed my mind. We can still do a cheers with whatever the hell that is. So, Cheers. This is a a raspberry lime polar seltzer. I also have a Waterloo grape. Oh, Jesus. H. Monkey Butlers. The last time I was in Ohio, which is where they're based out of, they're based in Cleveland, was a work function. And it is the work function where I had the most to drink at because the problem was drinks were free. And we just didn't stop drinking as as a group. So I ended up trying every Great Lakes beer that night. In one night at the first bar. Then there was the whiskey later. But that's besides the point. If you don't mind, I'm going to hit my vinyl check. A couple oldies but goodies this week. First one is Rolling Stones Tattoo You. This is got this on the cheap about five bucks. I got one for me, one for the kid. One was three bucks, one was five bucks. The Hoven 
the the cloven hoof and the the, the high heel don't understand it. What makes this one special for me is when I came of age as a human being who noticed that there was a world outside of my own arse, ergo gaining consciousness and, you know, self, there was a, God, my nose has not run all day. Now I'm sniffy. I'm sorry. So there was a KC95 ad campaign where it was a dude who was a mild mannered dude. And whenever he got home, he would, the first thing he would do when he got home is he would go into his room, his, his sitting room, as it were, he would lock the doors and he would turn on KC95 and inevitably they were playing start me up. And then when it got to the climax in the commercial, he would then grab his shirt, rip it open to reveal a sweet meat television or a sweet meat KC95 shirt. I'm not a big fan of Start Me Up, but I just remember those commercials so, so well. Quite a story. Uh, the other one, and I've got no serious attachment to this one, uh, Grand Funk Survival. Got this one for, I think, $7. It was on sale. Uh, wife and I are going to see Grand Funk in a couple of months, so I want to know more about Grand Funk because I really don't know that much. That's all I got this week. We really ought to do a Grand Funk run at some point. We mentioned that. Let's we... do it after... Yeah, some other time. After I go to the show. Oh, after. Okay. Uh, so summertime. I have the one vinyl to check, and it's a fun one today. I don't have enough fun records in my life, so making sure there's uh, there is some insert or something in here. Uh, have you ever watched the TV program Parks and Rec, starring Amy Poehler and Rob Lowe and... I have watched so little network television, and I, I keep meaning to watch that one because I love all those people. Delicious Rashida Jones and uh, others. So this is the fictional band from the TV show Parks and Rec, Mouse Rat, the awesome album. Nice. None of this will land with you because you have not seen the show. But for people who have, 5,000 Candles in the Wind, The Pit, Sex Hair, Catch Your Dream, featuring Duke Silver, if you know who that is, raise your hands. Two Birds Holding Hands, and Song, The Way You Look Tonight, and a bunch of others. So just pretty great. And uh, it is on a, this was from the Brooklyn Vegan Record Store online, which I like. It does come with this very fun poster insert. Nice. I do like that. I, I, I hope everybody who gets this joke is really enjoying it. It's I hope so. It's got like the uh, lyrics, which are fully unnecessary for this album. And the fancy vinyl. Of course, you know, I like my fancy vinyls just so. So let's see the mouse rat swirly. Oh, it's one of those. It's one of those. So it is nice. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, you know, it's for comedy purposes. It's amusing. So that is my vinyl check. Appreciate that. Been watching a lot of uh, YouTube again. Back to some of the old channels we watched during the pandemic. And it came back on the 33 RPM channel by Frank Landry, a good Canadian up there in uh, Winnipeg. And he was talking about how he's not a big, he, he likes black. He's not a big deal. And they're not colored ones. And I'm like, you know, bro, they sound the same and they look cool. So I'm always down for, except I'm, I'm meant to get a colored one for, excuse me, 72 seasons and I screwed up. Oh, well. You still can. Yeah, I'm not buying a second one. And then I, I told one. you that mine are slightly different. I don't know if it's an error because shouldn't they all be identical? No, no. My no. my my side A has a slightly green tint, and my side B is a, a true yellow splatter. 
Nope. They will okay. all be, every single one of them will be different, slightly yeah. different. Okay. I, because I of learned the something today. If you go back to the, how vinyl is made, it's, yeah. But uh, shirt, shirt and then check. News? Uh, I am rocking my new shirt today. My Mr. Flibble is very cross. Mr. Flibble from Red Dwarf. That is the episode where Rimmer caught a disease and he was uh, dressing in a red checked gingham dress with a penguin puppet who he then used to shoot lasers out of his eyes. Mr. Flibble. Shout out to my sister from another Mr. Alita who turned me on to Red Dwarf one time when I was staying in her house for a few weeks. I just turned on PBS one day and it was there and I turned it on to Lister saying, what have you done? You've given me breasts. I'm not supposed to have breasts. That is my first, uh, that, that, that was my first impression. Interesting. I am wearing my Dirk Manning uh, Kickstarter shirt. So shout out to comics writer and all around great metalhead Dirk Manning. News of the day. I'm going to drop one super fast one, and then I'm going to walk on. Uh, Paul Stanley and Dee Snyder, who both claim to be LGBTQIA+, yada, 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 allies, have really stepped in it on the trans debate by being fully transphobic. And I use that in exactly the right word because they said some stuff that was very fearful of the idea of what being trans means. No child is being pushed into trans into a transgender identity by their parents. It's just absolutely ridiculous. You guys are old. Go away. Shut up. No notes. How dumb of them. Two guys who spent their entire careers going against convention by dressing and acting effeminate as a convention busting thing that plays on sexuality to be so close minded is horrible and disappointing to no end. And I'm really, I love D, I have loved Kiss, so even though they say cringy dumb shit all the time. Boomers, shut up. And Paul I volunteered this information. Just Yeah, he context. just came out with it. it wasn't... Here's my take on something no one asked for. And then D is like clapping, good job in the comments. So like both of you guys. Shut up. Shut up and go away. On to some happier news and better Happy news. I, I will just also say uh, to quote the popular picture going around the internet stop messing with my trans homies or i'm going to identify as a problem for you Ooh, like so that. really quick we you've been listening to the pod we have done a lot of metallica episodes metallica vinyl club 72 seasons review and unboxing metallica setlist review last week so that was night one let us the train ain't slowing down the train will not getting off it let us <clears throat> And like most Metallica fans, not getting off at all. Let's talk about night two of the M72 tour in Amsterdam. Uh, we Would you want to do the exact same format? I read the song title, you comment? Yes. So Nick was giving me a hard time about mentioning Ecstasy of Gold. Uh, they also had It's a Long Way to the Top if you want to rock and roll on tape. Before Ecstasy of Gold, this show did not the first show. Opening song, Call of Cthulhu. So two. You know what? Yeah, start I, again. Same issue I have with Orion. Love the song, but what are we doing here? <clears throat> let's you know what. Let's go ahead and start this sucker off with a with an eight and a half minute instrumental. Well, maybe it's a super low energy instrumental. Maybe, maybe it's to please themselves. You know, maybe, maybe well, maybe they're just old and tired, and they need something long, and they need something long and slow. Whoa. 
Uh, number Set two, it. and my favorite Metallica song ever, Creeping Death. Great song. That is a uh, classic early, early set, early in the set song from Metallica. They, I believe they played it second in the set on the Andrust, or I'm sorry, the Black Album Tour, the Wherever I May Roam Tour. Yeah. Number three, a bit of a surprise, Leper Messiah. Oh, now we are talking, busting out some old-timey goodness. Cannot wait to hear the Bob Trujillo take on that bass fill, because I've never heard Bob play it. Yeah, that's it. I don't believe he goes by Bob. I think it's Robert. Yeah, I know. I realized after I said it twice. Like, no one calls him Bob. Bobby did not call him Señor Trujillo. Espero que tu, espero que tú sabes que puedo, puedo pronunciar tu nombre correcto exactamente. Lo siento, mi amigo. You can stop now. Okay. Number four, until it sleeps. First time played since November third, two thousand eight. Fifteen years they hadn't played that song. You know I like that it's new. I like that it's not understand, man. But I would have liked it better if it were broken, beaten, scarred. Okay. Continue. Uh, first time in front of a live, a live audience, number five, 72 seasons. Nice. Nice. That Very nice. That. Back to back new songs. If Darkness Had a Son, which we were all <sighs> waiting for, this is going to clearly be the new song highlight of the live set. It's a that a song is a thumper. And honestly, I need to listen to 72 seasons about 38 to 40 more times before mm-hmm. Thursday. Well, J- James. James was saying, like, he can't personally wait to hear the crowd yell the chorus back at him. If darkness had a son, here I am. Like, he's like, we, it's like, it's the perfect, like, that long, long phrase is like just the perfect thing. He's so excited. Number seven, Welcome Home Sanitarium. Been a minute. Been a minute. Not that long because there's no note here, but it's been enough time. They don't play it. it. They, They did not play it the last time I saw them. Uh, it is, not on Webster Hall, as far as I know. Yeah, and and similar to Blackened from the last show, they did play the entire version. A lot of times they'll oh, play battery, just, battery. Oh, sorry, battery. A lot of times they'll just stop in the middle of some of these songs, and they used to do it with Master, where they didn't play the whole middle of Master. Right, yeah, very upsetting. I hated that. What's what's the point? Same. Don't even. Don't bother. Yeah, but I get it. Number eight, another newbie live debut of "You Must Burn!" Exclamation point. Great track, another great. They're they're picking out like the best songs on the record to play live. Uh, cannot fault them there. Same great stuff. Same. Then for a change of pace and to slow it way down, the Unforgiven. I don't need this here, but okay, I understand I why you have to have it a slow song for Lars. Probably I don't need the Black Album period anymore. Or you know what? If you're gonna play black album shit, that's fine. Again, the deep cuts. But give me God that fails. Struggle give within. Me, no. Give me my, my friend, friend of misery. misery. Give me something like that. Man. No. Ah. Uh, okay. Well, now that I no, I don't. Games, I didn't. I didn't like that song the first time I heard it when it was called Almost Human. Oh, nice. Yes, Similar it. to Unforgiven, Nick's other least favorite song from that album, Wherever I May Roam. But it is a fan favorite. You can't deny. Why? They love it, and it's It's a fan favorite. Like Fear of the Dark is a fan favorite. It shouldn't be. I guess. Number eleven and dying on this hill. 
on number 11 and also slow. But finally, an Injustice for All song. Yay! Harvester of Sorrow. Great track. Love yeah. that one. Yeah, that's a good one. I love that one. Number 12. We're almost at the end. Number 12. Finally, a Hardwired song, Moth Into Flame. Not my favorite song off Hardwired, but... But it's also, like, again, it's the Pyro song, so it's a good example. Yeah, yeah, it's a Pyro song. It's 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 a big deal song. They played it live, sort of, with Lady Gaga. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, that one still hurts. Where they introduced Lady, Lady Gaga and some other guys. Not actually Ma- Lady Gaga with Metallica or the verse Visa. Speaking of fire and flames, fight fire with fire. Deep cut. I haven't heard them play this one live every time I've seen them. Not really one of my favorite songs. It, it, it's one of those opening thunder, thunderclap speedsters. And if you're looking at the three, the three, you know, it starts off with the slow acoustic bit and then goes into the super fast. They did that song three albums in a row. Lightning, Master Justice, we all know. Fight, Battery, Blackened. This is the worst one of the bunch. Would rather have Blackened. Indeed. As I predicted, I predicted they were going to do this song. Whiskey in the Jar. However, at the beginning of Whiskey in the Jar, they jammed the Outlaw Torn for a minute. That would have been amazing. Yeah, again, if you're going to... If you're gonna do deep cuts, man, get them deep. Cut me deep. And if you do the outlaw torn, oh yeah, that's that's a yeah. I don't hate it. I would have liked it, but whiskey in the I'd jar. Rather, I love whiskey in the jar. I know you're, you're, not, you're not gonna a always fan. hear whiskey in the jar. At least at one of these shows, it's gonna be hard for them to leave it out. And then would to rather close, have outlaw torn to close out the show. Back to back, belly to belly again. Seems like there was no encore. They just stay out there and play, but they take enough breaks. I'm personally glad. Seems like the doodle is retired. The jam, the Kirk and Robert jam. Thank you. It's about time. Number fifteen in the track list. Live one. Thumbs Thank up. Thank you. Always want it. Never not want it. It is their one is album. one of their ab- one is up there with uh, for whom the bell tolls for me and one of their absolute perfect tracks. And then finally, wow. Enter Sandman. And finally, the time to make your way out the doors. That's usually my cue to leave. So while they're playing an eight minute version of Enter Sandman, followed by six minutes of this is how it was when I saw him last time, followed by six minutes of them posing with guitar picks. that says St. Louis on them. What do you think of that set list? No. So now we have no still no death magnetic. We had one death magnetic song between both both nights, which was um, the day that never comes. The day that never comes, which you know, could good be track, worse. not a one, not a standout. Le- it's Messiah, not a standout track from Le- that Le- album. Messiah and welcome home from Master. Not uh, bad. Start. Go ahead and give me the give me read the set list off again, and I'm going to do right. a quick count as we do it. Really quick. Well, I mean, like you can just I can just go to here. I have it literally here on set list. Yeah, FM. They just do read it, for it off. You. 72 seasons, three songs. Okay. Black album, three songs. That's not what I'm doing a count of. I'm doing a count of how many of these songs are going to be new to me when I see them. Okay, fine. Call of Cthulhu. Definitely, you've never heard it. Creeping Death, you've heard. Rapper Messiah, maybe. New. Until It Sleeps. No. 72 seasons. New. Darkness Out of Sun. New. Welcome Home. No. You Must Burn. New. Unforgiven. No. Rome. 
No. Harvester. No. Muffin to a flame. No. Fight fire with fire. Yes. Whiskey. Yes. And one in Sandman. You've heard those. So seven out of eight or seven out of 14? 16. 16? You know, it's actually a pretty good ratio. And then let's just really quickly, again, 72 seasons, three songs. Talica Black Album, three songs. Ride Z Lightning, three songs. Justice Got Two, finally. Master Two. Hardwired One, Load One, I guess. They're counting a little. No, No reload on this one. No reload and one cover. So that's a pretty diverse set list for... That night, and then if you factor in the first night, there's still a whole list of stuff they didn't play. You would be glad to hear if there was, you know, whatever it's, the next show is. It's going to be interesting as this tour goes on, and I don't want to spend too much more time on this just because we could spend a, we could spend an hour unpacking this. We could, and we probably will at some point again on I am, but it's it's a cool set list. They're definitely doing some stuff. Well, the one thing my big complaint is I'm seeing a lot of. Her, uh, moving into heritage veteran band territory. One mm. of the things that Iron Maiden does that I really hate is they don't play anything past Fear of the Dark, except for their new record. They skip most of everything else in order to play the same songs we've heard a squillion times. Metallica, there's a lot of great songs on Load, Reload, Death Magnetic, and you're you're really I feel oh, like you're, you're ignoring this too much. There's twenty something more weekends of this, so for we'll see if it weeks. changes or stays the same. We, I, I think, see. based on I think based on Lars's reaction on Jimmy Kimmel, I, I don't think it's going to be a, a static set list. I think they're going to be changing it up quite a bit. He seemed very nervous about this. <laughs> I love it. He uh, definitely is going to be. There's definitely going to be some nights where he might be overmatched. Um, let us just quickly go to the final news point, and I promise to keep it to ninety seconds. Uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame announced their inductees today. We have to talk about this. Have to. Have to. Rage Against the Machine, congratulations. Finally got in. Should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. Nick and I did an extensive whole news piece on this before. You're either in or you're not. There shouldn't. If you have to argue for someone, a case for someone to get in, there's no case. They should not be in. I will say this. It's the same thing that it is about the sports Hall of Fames. They're Halls of Fame. If you can tell the story without that band, they don't belong in. And I don't think you can tell the story of music in the 90s without Rage Against the Machine. You cannot. And so just, you know, for other people who got in, Willie Nelson, Missy Elliott, DJ Cool Herc, who helped invent rap. Um, I'm sorry. Missy Elliott is still. Well, I mean, she is arguably the biggest selling female rapper of all time. And she's also okay. produced a string of number ones for other people. All right. I'm not so right. mad about her getting in. I know people that do not like her. I don't care about, you know, Willie is 89. He's not going to be around much longer. So I think it's just like Dolly. 90, actually. Let's put him in. Yeah, he just turned 90. Let's put him in. Uh, the Spinners, I guess. Mm. Uh, are you going to put every single group of that stripe in the Hall of Fame? Um. But worse than anything else, right? No Iron Maiden and no Soundgarden again. And and I'm going to go here. Kate Bush, I love you. And thanks to Stranger Things, running up that hill, got, you know, millions of streams and good for her. Is Kate Bush an automatic Hall of Fame talent or career? No. 
Just I know. can tell the story of her decade without her. Because yeah, I don't know what decade she's from. The 80s. And the okay. other song, and the late 70s. And the other song, she the second most song she's famous for is the backup vocal on Peter Gabriel's Don't Give Up, which is not no. even a huge hit for him. Oh, Peter Gabriel's solo stuff sucks anyway. So. Oh, that's mean. We're gonna I said fight. it. I said it. We're going to fight, bro. Anyway. But wait, oh. but wait, there's more. Oh, there's God. more. I'm there's more. Up. Cheryl Crow. There's no one on earth who will convince me she belongs in the Hall of Fame. I'm sorry. Local only- girl makes local girl makes good. She taught school in uh, the 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 Rockwood School District just down the road for me a piece. But what the hell? No. Yeah, George Michael is in. I love George Michael. One of the best singers ever. Not going to argue with him. No, no argument there. Immensely talented. Cheryl Crow and Kate Bush do not belong in a Hall of Fame, no. especially when Iron Maiden and Soundgarden are on the ballot. And Chris Cornell is dead and did not even get a sympathy vote. Come on. Again, cannot tell the story. You can tell the story of music in the 90s without Cheryl Crow. You sure can. She had a couple couple major hits, a couple minor hits. Very talented, very wonderful, great human being. However, Holla Very Good good is where she tops out for me. Yeah, Link Ray, uh, musical influence. I feel like Hootie and the Blowfish going in. They could, right? I know, they, but they that's should what it not. Is. They should Shouldn't, not. But that's what it is. And then Musical Excellence Award, which is the award that Priest got in for last year, used to be the Sidemen Award. Yeah, Musical Excellence. Shaka Khan, one of the top five R and B singers of all hmm. time. No, no arguments. Al Cooper, no arguments. <sighs> and Bernie Taupin, no arguments. Has to be in. If you don't love, okay, if you love the Doors and you wish there was one more record. Check out Super Session. Yeah, yeah, Cooper, Al Cooper, Mike and, Bloomfield, yeah, and not Stephen only, Stills. Not only was he in an you know an influential band member, he also then pr- turned around and produced a bunch of other bands. Yeah. Um, right. And then also, this award needs a name change. Goes to the Ahmet Aragon Award Ooh. to Don Cornelius of Soul Train. Who isn't he dead? I, he might be, yeah, he might be passed, but like, no, Ahmet needs the, they need to, the yeah, they need to take the award away from that name. Like, he's a pervy, gropey, rapey guy. Like, he cannot have an award name for him. I know he, I know Led Zeppelin, Atlantic Records, Queen, he's responsible for all I'm that. I'm not going to say what I'm thinking. Let's keep moving forward. So, anyway, I'm going to say that's about it. I'm going to leave out any other news because we need to get this show on the road. But just like, uh, you know, happy for George Michael, happy for Rage Against the Machine. Uh, head scratcher, and then the C, and then just before we literally, right before we went on here today, the CFO or the CEO of the Hall of Fame says, I think Maiden will get voted in eventually. Eat the whole bag of dicks, bro. That's what I have to say. I don't care if we get banned. That's it. Eat a whole bag of dicks. You know what? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Iron Maiden is a first ballot Hall of Famer. There's not even a shouldn't even be shouldn't even be having this conversation, and frankly, so is Soundgarden. If Cornell was still alive, this whatever. I mean, this is this is Pierre Turgeon being held out of the NHL Hall of Fame level bullshit. I agree. Pierre Turgeon's only not in because he didn't leave. He didn't leave during a bench clearing brawl when he was seventeen. For the record, that's wild. But hockey is uh, one of those sports where, like, the hockey writers also hate hockey. That's just my opinion. Well, no, everybody hates what they love. Nobody, like you know, today I was telling a, a, one of my coworkers, nobody hates Star Wars like Star Wars fans. But nobody hates the fourth. But nobody hates Metallica like Metallica fans. Me, I'm one of those guys that actually loves the things I love, mm. except for anyway. 
moving on. Let us get to except for except for the district attorney of St. Louis, according to Nick's tweets. Uh, I never loved her. Nick's rage tweets every day. Uh, turns out, yes, I am obsessed. I've got a lot of personal reasons that I will leave alone. But uh, she turns out she has broken the law. and She's been in a graduate school as circuit attorney, which is against Missouri statute. So she uh, also has a trial to be removed. Good luck. Good luck. I am enjoying that. You know, anyway. No, 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 no. Yes, I do rage tweet about uh, about her. Anyway, so Def Leppard goes on the high and dry tour. We're going to pick up there. They were opening for someone. I don't know whom, and I can't seem to find it quickly because I'm unprepared. They played uh, nine tracks, typically, on through the night. It could be you. It don't matter. Another hit and run. Lady Strange. Rock Brigade. High and Dry Saturday Night. Let It Go and Wasted. Frankly, I agree with that last track. This set list is a little bit wasted. They don't play the greatest song that they may have ever recorded, which is, of course, bringing on the heartbreak. They might have got sick of playing it, though, because, again, when... No, this is average set list. Really? When you are... But I also feel like there's a thing, right? So we just went through the Metallica set list, right? Yeah. And those guys have played Enter Sandman like a million times in 30 years. They still play it. Well, not every night, though. They didn't play it Much to my chagrin. They didn't play it night one. This is probably why they're doing the no repeats is as much for them as it is... For the fans, and I did watch a James and Kirk interview where he was like, "Oh, people will go to both," and it's like, maybe, they? maybe not in the Def Leppard tour in 1983, right? So, yeah, they it's it's just not or 82, whatever it was. If if they played it, it was an outlier. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's interesting. And then they now have a hit record and a successful record. And uh, we did talk about the squiffiness of of the high and dry last week. High and dry is a squiffy, half squiffy record. To be yeah, honest, it, it is. It's it's got, got some filler, super, super highs, and nothing is offensively bad. No, but it's a lot just, of super high highs, and then it just falls down. And right. so far in their first two records, maybe this is foreshadowing. Maybe it's not. Def Leppard has yet to track a record well, and they you have yet. So. I'm sorry. You think so? Do you think what? they have tracked either of these two records well? Like, what the are tracking... you? What is your criteria? We're talk. We're not talking about mastering the best musicians in the world here. We're talking. No, I'm about talking about starting strong and finishing each side. Oh, strong. the sequencing. Sorry, yeah, when you say tracked a record. I'm thinking of the playing. Like the performance is bad. No, 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 no. You mean the, the sequencing of the, the albums? The track list, setting up the, a track. The sequencing list. is yes. poor. Yes, sir. Yeah, the order of the songs. Um. Yeah, I would have moved some of those things around, and especially the second half of. Uh, high and dry is super weak. And yeah, I would have, spl- I would have uh, shared that love of those strong. But you know, also like we're in a different age, and we still listen to albums. And you used to front load your albums or back load your albums. You never did like, oh, you know what? There's only four good ones on this 16 track record. Let's space them out. And usually they would either put them all on the front or all in the back to make you listen all the way through. That was a strategy, right, to get you to See, listen. But if you if you do one four. Five ten, yeah. You put your your heavy hitters there. You got to listen to the whole thing. It's, it's I think a so situation. too. And nobody really moves the needle around except real aficionado nerds. Dude, Most I, people just. I put listen it on to LPs things. just to to so I don't have to get up. Yeah, exactly. People are like, "Do you want forty fives? No, 
Yeah. No, I do not. I have to get up and change each one after yeah. each and song. Any of these four LP double sets that I have are annoying because I'm getting up every 10 minutes to switch them. Um, Tool, I'm I, looking uh, at you. I think part of why I stopped playing online video games because all of a sudden, you know, we're fighting a monster and my guy just stops for 30 seconds while I have to change records. Yeah. Uh, um, but, so what do they do next? They go back to the L Studio, which is uh, the smart play. Mm-hmm. They who produces this one again? Mutt Langy. Oh, there is an E there. It's pronounced with. It's technically. I think he Americanized it. No, started, I mean there. There is an E, right there. Okay. Well, he started spelling it Lang, but also like he's a German guy who's as a child moved to Australia, so the pronunciation is Lange. Oh God! But that's not. That's according to. Not me. Um, they go back to the well with Mutt because why not? And he's also the hottest producer in the rock world right now. Not named Ted Templeman or, you know, uh, good luck in him or Bob Ezrin or Bob Ezrin. Or Although Ezrin. Bob Ezrin has just come off of uh, yeah, music from the elder. Yeah, Bob Kiss. Ezrin is crying in the darkened corner of his basement in Connecticut uh, with a like a Scarface pile of no blow. Toronto. He was in Toronto. Sorry. Yeah, I think he had a place in Connecticut because he moved to be near Ace or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, so yeah, he was very so, he yes. was full of sads at that in nineteen eighty three. So yeah, Mutt is uh, man. I feel bad for Bob Ezrin because all the hits he had just come off of. I mean, he had just Kiss almost killed his world. career. Kiss he, single-handedly almost kissed it, killed his whole career. You know, after no, it was his fault though. It was his idea to do that record. That was him. It was all him. Go back and, and Gene to went, episode on it. And Gene went, yeah. And Paul went, uh, and Ace went, no. And they went, well, yeah. Ace says no. We definitely definitely didn't do it, right? So anyway, but yeah, he did Alice Cooper, Pink Floyd, Kiss, and he's just crushing the world. And then he does that. Okay. Lucky had those residuals coming in and points on records and stuff like that. So yeah, they go back to Mutt. And Mutt has two records in a row with ACDC at this time also in between this Leopard record. And I think he did a few other things. But Back in Black is unbelievably, you know, came out about the same time as On Through the Night. Back in Black is one of the greatest albums ever, greatest rock records ever. Whether Bond had died or not, they were probably going to, they were already writing that record when Bond died. I I don't think Bond's death is what caused that record to be. No, it's a incredible, right? It's their best record. It's, it's their zenith. It's, it's the top their absolute zenith. Then that's a whole nother run of records we could or could not do. And so, you know, the things that Mutt brought to that band on top of the incredible songs and Brian giving them a little jolt of Brianness, not the most talented vocal guy. Oh, we kind of hang on. We we skipped something. Who's in the band? Well, Pete is kicked out. We talked about that last week. That Pete Did was we? Getting oh. kicked out. We we said that Pete's on his way out. Yeah. For drinking too much in Def Leppard. Kind of like getting kicked out of the Chili Peppers for doing too much heroin by Flea and Ketis. Like, what? Or Dave getting kicked out of Metallica because he drank too much. But uh, yeah, Pete is kicked out and they bring in Pete's immediate replacement. They had him right waiting. I suspect it was planned like an you assassination. You think that was Dead Man's Boots? Yeah, Dead Man walking. Phil Collin. Not to be confused with Phil Collins, no relation, both blonde British guys. 
Uh, and and sure, Phil too. Collin, if, if you want a, a, a fun journey, follow Phil Collin on Instagram and check out his fitness posts. Because the dude is like 60 and he's built like a brick shit house. I wish he would wear a shirt in concert. He should wear shirts. But, you know, he does have like a 12 pack of abs or something. So oh, I understand why he doesn't, but I wish that he would. Yeah, he's he great looks though. a little like a sausage. Now. And he's a little different than Pete and Steve, who are similar stripey guitarists. Mm-hmm. And Phil is so good and so technical as a, as a shredder. He literally is a shredding guitar player that Steve just kind of retreats back to just doing rhythm and an occasional lead and a harmony. Uh, Phil can play anything with a blindfold, one arm and just a pinky. He's an amazing guitar player. But I don't think that he has like an impact as a writer that much. I have to really double check that. I would listing. believe they probably had this mostly written written by the time, by the time. Yeah, I think they were like you know that's this is the thing we discussed in a few other yeah, literally no writing credits on so album. we had a thing oh, where we talked Pete Willis a, has more writing credits than him on this record yeah well we so we yes did, it was yeah, written before he got it was this. probably written a lot of bands used to like have their year planned out for them in advance by management and the label so like Maiden would be oh, yeah. already writing the next record while the new one is being mastered and ready to come out and pressed. You already had material. That's why Maiden has all those singles in between albums because their stuff was so good. They're like, we have to put this out. We can't sit on Twilight Zone for two years. No, this has to be out now. So I'm going to let you take over with the track listing and we'll do the opposite of what we did last week where you read the tracks and I can give my thoughts and, and if you want or you can just do it, whatever you want to do. I'll give my thoughts on each track going forward. I listened to this twice today. Unfortunately, I apologize. I did not get to listen to this one on vinyl because I've been, I actually have not spun a record at home since Sunday. And it's That's terrible. What's going on? Uh, been busy. Yeah. <laughs> I've been too well, busy. You didn't, you didn't almost not get killed this week. So that's a good thing. Correct. I did not almost get killed this week, which so is that's nice. Really positive. But uh, that way. before we get into the track by track, I just wanted to say I always envisioned the separation of Def Leppard after this record that after this record there is a cleaving no pun intended seriously of the sound and i'm gonna say i'm wrong yeah i'm absolutely wrong on this this there is, is the there, record there is a cleaving it's before this but it's right before this because once steve willis leaves the the steve clark experiment what did i say, did I say steve? steve yeah pete willis oh, steve clark that's okay. Once, once Willie, Willie with the curlies, that's that's really rude. Once Pete Willis uh, is out of the band, he had curly hair in the movie. Rock Hall of Famer Pete Willis, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. Once he is out of the band, it changes, and the drums also significantly change. I don't believe he. I don't know if he went to the electronic drums, but no, he sure as hell he sounds like it. Well, here's that. Remember that back to our series on Robert Plant. And remember our long segue about Phil Collins, no relation to Phil Collins. Correct. Because of In the Air Tonight and because of other things, the gated drum sound is oh, yeah, dominating. It's a wet drum sound. The, the gated drums, the wet, the, the wet bass and wet drums, the echo and reverb that yep. kind of pans left to right dominates all of pop music and rock music at this time from like 83 to 90 until the drums go dry again and it was probably phil collins who brought it back to full circle when he did uh but seriously and so um shout out to that record which is a gem i'm gonna i'm gonna give a big thank you to dave grohl for his completely 
dry drum sound on smells like teen spirit and all of a sudden the affected drums the, the it was gone it was just gone in an yeah. instant i'm pretty sure it was butch vig who had that idea because it was also an indie rock staple to have like no production and no effects and no oh, there you go stuff later on but i'll give it i'll give it to dave we'll give it to dave i don't think he had anything to do with the sound but his playing is sure baller oh, so yeah. so they go in yeah pete is out phil is in they had this record pretty much written and then basically, I don't know why they didn't do it a record before this. I'm kind of glad they didn't. But in a way, maybe it would have made that record better. All the things, not only trendy, but also like whatever were, hey, hey, Mutt, those things you did for ACDC on those two records, could we do them on our record? I'm sure that conversation happened well, with somebody. It's also worth pointing out that we are now in 1983. And in 1983, the world had changed. Why? Thriller. Well, before Thriller. I just love it. It's the only thing I think of with that year. Quiet Riot and Motley Crue had broken. That's fair. And once those... I love Kill Them All. No impact on the industry at large, but on rock. Correct. At this point, Def Leppard, outside of this first track we're about to talk about, is no longer a heavy metal band. They are firmly a hard rock band. I would in call the, glam rock or hair metal. Glam but. rock, hair metal, but really, they're not. They're not that glammy. They're a hard. They're like in the vein of ACDC. They're trying hard to write ACDC style songs. I think well, it's they apparent. Missed that, but I, I don't agree. I, yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll talk, but um, they are clearly into the zeitgeist. They jumped on the trend the moment it. I mean. I don't know how this worked. If Quiet Riot comes out, Motley Crue comes out. Because all of a sudden the choruses are big, the drums are affected. They jumped both feet into this sound. So every record, their sound has changed while staying on brand. So kudos to them for that. That is something Rush has done better than anyone ever, except Getty Lee should not rap. Hard take or uh, hot take, I know. But moving forward, let us do the track by track. We start off with Rock Rock. Till you drop, Jesus Christ, drop this from the record. Not already. Nick is on fire. Um, Am I wrong? I never thought about this song in a long time until I went to start listening to this record over the weekend. And it is arguably the worst song on the record. No, no, it is not. No, it is not. It's almost. No, it's not even the worst song on this side. There's a soft underbelly. It's at the end, but... The it's not the worst. It's very it's, stock. No, it's right, it's not the riff. worst. There's there's worse coming today. Soon. And and by the way, Mutt also is flexing because he has a lot of co-writes on this. So weirdly, has a lot of co-writes. So I really, I'm telling you, like they had most of it written. Mm-hmm. Mutt changed these songs and got a credit to fit a blueprint. Right. That he did on Back in Black. All these songs have like the similar riff, the burbling bass, very high vocals, like this very little middle range from Joe. It's really shocking. But yeah, not a good song. Not that good a song. Sorry. Let's move on to track two. Photograph. Now, if you can say one negative thing about Photograph, I hate you and you kill puppies. Photograph is arguably the best Def Leppard song. I'll go there um like by itself it's not the most popular hit they have but it no. is one of their best songs yes. easily a top five death yes. leopard song ever 
It is not as good as Bring it's, On the Heartbreak. It's, it's a love song. League. It's a better song than that. It's, it's not a, in the No, it is not in the same ballpark. It's, it's not a, in the same league. It's not the same fucking sport. All right, buddy. I said I I sorry, I wanted to get that one in. Okay. It's it's a great song. It's the best song yes. on here, despite yes. what other people think. Agreed. Agreed. It's not as big agreed. a hit as their other ones, but mm-hmm. this is a great, great song. And if they okay. only had done this, they could have stopped here and it'd still be a pretty solid record. Three songs, two songs? Uh, just this song. This song oh. carries the whole side and maybe. Oh, yeah. All right. Now, uh, moving on to Stage Fright. Wow. Okay. Um, I wish well, they wouldn't have. There's a lot to unpack here. They had nothing to talk about. And this is just what happened. Like, we don't have a song's not horrible. The no, lyrics and the, uh, I don't know what this just not. Lyrics uh, are, is it, he sings about the show must go on. You got to be strong. Wow, bro. Is this like your daily affirmation before you go out there? Not inspiring, bro. You know, you that is probably not songwriting material. Uh, moving on. Too late for love. It had Bring It On the Heartbreak never existed. This song's amazing. However, they hit the Xerox button. They did. I have thoughts. So if you are a fan of Def Leppard from the beginning to now, and you don't like the ballads, this is the point in their career you could... Because even bringing on the heartbreak is more hard rock than this. This is truly the blueprint for the Def Leppard ballad forever after this. The blueprint. I will tell you that Joe sings the crap out of this song wonderfully. And the it's not a bad is, song. It, it, came, it was it a single after the song. It was copying. That's not was a, yeah. It was a single. It's a good song, but literally, this is the inflection point where there's a whole half of their career that blows, and it's this song's fault. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, when it works, what do you do? You do it again. You do it again. All mm-hmm. right. Let's move on to Jesus. Oh. Die Hard is the Hunter to close out tra- side one. The best part about this song is it's absolutely terrible. The worst part about this song is it's six over six minutes long. So I always thought this was a cover, but it is not a cover. It is an original. Does it matter? It's not a good song. No, no. This is like a list would have been a substandard Led Zeppelin song. They would have Jimmy Page would have been like, um, no, not that one. This would not have made on through the night. No, I love that record. It would not. No, and that, that's my least favorite record of the ones we've done thus I know. far. I know. Uh, flip that record onto Fulin. Here we go. Top 10 Def Leppard track. Classic. Iconic. And I don't use that word lightly. Everyone knows that. No notes. This is yeah. Def Leppard perfection. And almost this a is- step back to heavy metal, a slight step back to a hard rock and heavy metal song. I love this the guitar work on this. Yes, this is the first song off of Hysteria. I said it. I know what you mean. I hate that analogy, but I know what you mean when you use it. It's fine. I'll allow it. This is this is song. the direction they go into. This is yes, the success of the next two songs is the reason Hysteria happens. But they were just shot our load early. But go ahead. Um, uh, next, I've been we premature on occasion. It's okay. Rock of Ages. Man, Nick I always thought that song, song was. Who does? Nick, you hate this song. I do. You said last week, like, oh my god, no, I don't this hate this song. F terrible, blah blah blah. No, I did not. I thought you did. 
No, you no, no. I love this song. This is okay. like my first Def Leppard song. This oh, is, you know what you said? You hate the beginning, the gloopin, glauben, gloopin, gleepin. Yeah, I think that's absolutely terribly stupid. Eaten, gleaten, glotten, globe. I mean, seriously, mm-hmm. you just you're you're just throwing words. It was it was gibberish. Um, it was Mutt's idea, which is maybe even his credit on the song. Uh, let's that would talk be hysterical. about. We have to. Uh, I'm not lying to you. I think that's his contribution to the I song. I know that, that. I think that and, is the greatest thing I've ever heard. And this is their biggest hit of this album. And this is the song that catapulted them into everybody's living rooms on Correct. MTV because this was their first music video. Uh, for us in St. Louis, it was on Friday night videos. I love Friday night videos. As well, we as didn't Fridays. have MTV for yet. We didn't have. Yeah, MTV I didn't have MTV for eighty four, eighty five. Um, oh, here's another thing about Foolin' and Rock of Ages. Even though I think they're both great songs, there's a lot of cliched lyrics and little callbacks to rock history that the band then leans on going forward. And I don't know if this is Joe personally or anyone else, but um, it's also, yeah, like it's it, it, go, it goes 100% too hard on the next record. To have an occasional, like, a quote of something that sounds like a song you know is fine. It's actually very British to do this. But to to start, like, hardcore, you know, copying song, you know, to be quoting, like, legendary song lyrics is dumb. I am going to quote a very, very wise. I'm going to quote a very wise, very erudite, very knowledgeable gentleman who said recently about Def Leppard. If you are looking for a band with deep lyrics, this ain't it. Are you quoting yourself? No, I'm quoting you. Oh, thanks. I was I pointed to myself. I was like, did you mean me? I think you meant you. I was talking. Yeah. Um, I I can't stop my talking once it starts. It's it's that. You said that the week in week one, and they never really write great lyrics. The they get very wistful about getting a little stank on their 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 wang doodles in the next record like very emotionally upset about when they don't have it. So I, I mean, I worry about them a lot because, but you know, that's as, that's as deep as they ever get. Think about, and we'll get to it next week, but just think about the song animal, the lyrics to animal. I mean, that was a single. It is a great, so I love the music. Oh, it is. It is. It is. It's great. The lyrics are, they don't hold up. I listened to it today. It does not hold up. Anyway, no, none of it. Rock of Ages, great song. Movie great song. is terrible, by the way, and just terrible, terrible, terrible. Should not have been a Broadway show. Should not have been a movie. I wanted, I wanted to like the the Broadway play, but the uh, the music was terrible. Yes. Yeah, uh, moving on to the soft underbelly of the record. Let's make it uh, quick. And merciless. If you are on vinyl, just hit cut now. Coming under fire. No just recollection. Who cares? Uh, action, not words. Best of the three. Still awful. Billy's got a gun. I don't know that this song even existed because I don't remember it. And I listened to this record. I also don't remember. I'm pretty sure. And you remember songs. I'm pretty sure going back to like 1984, I graduated elementary school. I was 12 years old. And I'm pretty sure in my house when this record was played to death. Pretty sure. We never listened past Rock of Ages. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) That's when the record came off and something better went on like Van Halen. Correct. I mean, this. this or an if older you listen record. to the last three tracks of this record, it is a waste of 14 it minutes. It almost kills the record. It's lucky it doesn't. It's lucky that they're so strong on those hits and a couple of other songs. These three songs almost sink any other record if this this thing wasn't so full of hits. 
Yeah, correct. Let me sum this. Let me sum this bastard up. Sum this sum a bitch up. Uh, Mutt Mutt Lange, Each time he works with Def Leppard, he requires more and more quality, and that's great. He wants hits. He wants singles. He wants points. If you, we, as Keefe mentioned, Mutt has credits all over this thing. Mutt has his finger. He's finger fudging the whole record. Every single has got a Mutt Lange co-write. So why does he want more co-writing? Why does he want more hit singles? Well, that's where the money is. You don't make your money from royalties in terms of music. You make your money on publishing. So Rock of Ages is still played 875 times a day in America. If that is, if he gets one penny per play, it's nine bucks a day. And that's one song. We haven't even gotten to pour some sugar on me yet. We'll get to that next week. And the problem is, is he gets these singles and he pepper, he throws down the gold nuggets and then he kicks in the pennies to go. And, he, and he's basically surrounding these gold nuggets with pennies. Luckily on the next record, it's the most complete record they ever made. In my well, opinion, just a spoiler alert early. But I think that's understood. I think everybody understands that the next record's their best record. But like this is yeah. this is their second best record. I do not like High and Dry as much as I like On to the Night. Nick is an opposite. We'll do the ranking at the end. But like, yeah, it's tough. Like I like let's say they never did Hysteria, or they did Hysteria and it wasn't so o o d o p on the all the things, the harmonies and the. Mm -hmm. ACDCisms. What if they made just another Pyromania? And Rock of Ages, by the way, is is Rock of Ages the title track because the lyric Pyromania is in it? Yeah. I don't know. Um, you know, these guys know how to write a chorus. Mutt knows how to make help make them write a better chorus. Joe sings the hell out of this album. It's a really and very I think that's good occasionally album. I think that I think Joe Elliott is what sells Def Leppard. Phil Collins, Steve Clark, Pete Willis, all great guitar players. Love them to death. But you know what? I can name you 50 other players that are 20 times better than them that were on the street in Los Angeles playing, you know, we'll play, we'll play pentatonic for money. And so it's it's easy to find those. It's hard to find somebody like Joe Elliott, like Kevin Dubrow, that can really sing the crap out of something. And, and I will really... say this this is the record where the rest of the guys become competent backup singers and yeah. are able oh, yeah. to the, the choruses are huge like and the gang vocals. This is probably the first giant major huge gang vocal record. Well, beside you know? Quiet Riot, which we talked about in the I Quiet, mean, Quiet Riot is doing it, but Quiet the... Riot's doing it with two dudes. Well, because Quiet Riot did it and did it so hard, not only did it Changed the rest of their career. Every band tried to copy them. Right. Doing it. And this quite right started it. Except crew, because they can't sing at all. Well, they, they still tried it, though. And they though they tried. They tried. It's, it's there. The gang vocals are there. It's just awful. But Def Leppard was able to do it huge with 18 dudes. Basically, everybody up there is getting behind a microphone. They're singing it large. And they didn't do they didn't do Joe Elliott singing all the vocals, making it sound fake and plastic. They had them actually singing their backup vocals, and I think that is something that is lost to the ages. And you know, it's it's a very rare gem which should not be so rare. And because of that, the choruses are bigger, the choruses are more vibrant, the choruses are hookier, they're catchier. And I think I've got action, not words, still stuck in my heel 
from when I listened to it earlier today because I stepped on it and I just can't get it out of my foot. It's that hooky. And that song is terrible. Terrible. Is it a gem for the rock of ages? No, it's 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 a poke in the dick with a with a with a letter opener, really. Uh, it's all fun and games till so you get poked in the eye with a sharp stick, my friend. Always. So, I think Def Leppard has. I, I I I will say this final thing, and then I will shut my yapper. Def Leppard and Mutt Lange have created a pattern. The pattern is there. The template is there. It's how to print money. Yo, for real. Why didn't we all pay attention to this? We would be so rich. Seriously. And with that, you have been listening to the Glacially Musical Podcast. I am the co-host, Ghost Cult Keefe. You can follow me at Ghost Cult Mag and at Ghost Cult Keefe on most social medias. You know your host, Nick. The man, the myth, the legend, all above and below the waist in the Glacially <laughs> Musical Podcast. Here at a couple dozen. These, this is the happiest hour of my whole week. It's it's middling after this, but thank you for listening. If you have, please give us a like, a follow, a a, a comment, a review on any of your podcast networks. YouTube has podcasts now. We are an official YouTube podcast as of the last few episodes. So please check all that out. Maybe go backward and check out some of our other series and leave us some comments. We'd read them all. And with we... that said. I'm sorry. I'm going to jump in real quick. We have series on every band you love. It so might far. be weird times, but it's there. Yeah, it's there. And so, as we take it home, this has been the Glacially Musical Podcast. And I want to say no justice, no peace for Soundgarden and Iron Maiden.